Hello, and thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. We are blessed to have you join us on this podcast, and we're hoping to bless you because you do bless us. Today, we're going to be talking about something very near and dear to my heart. Um, I chose this topic because I felt like uh, this is a major issue in my spiritual life and spiritual growth. And I'm calling it like interrupted and distracted. So, Megan, one of the things that I really struggle with, even at mass, is being so very distracted when I'm trying to pray. Or when I say interrupted, those thoughts can interrupt my prayer. Mm -hmm. But also I want to just even um, for a little bit talk about when we're talking, when people interrupt because I think there's a there's a correlation there too, as to an anxiousness or a or, or self uh, I don't know the ego of oh what I have to say is so important right. so I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you, um, and that happens internally as well, and at mass or during prayer, and so I'm really hoping um, our dear listeners to learn a little bit today about how to reel that in, you know, so really um, looking forward to what the Holy Spirit has in store for us in this conversation with my dear friend, who I'm so thankful to be walking shoulder to shoulder with in this world and this life. So for those of you that don't know, we named it shoulder to shoulder um, because it's the imagery of Megan and I and our other loved ones um, walking shoulder to shoulder out into the world as we strive for holiness and walking towards Christ together. Yeah, and I love how you said it was near and dear to your heart because I have a feeling it's probably not dear in the sense of you quite like it, but that it yeah. actually frustrates you and annoys you quite a bit. And I do think that it's it's such a common problem. I if if there's a Christian out there who says, "Oh, I never suffer from distraction in prayer." I figure either they're a liar or they're not praying very much because I mean, it just, it just is. And I, that's something important to remember because if it's so pervasive, if it's just everybody struggles with it, it probably means that it's not necessarily meant to be gone. Like it is something that the Lord is allowing in, in our spiritual lives. And so that then the question becomes not necessarily how do I just get rid of it? How do I eradicate it? But maybe the better question is, how do I pray with it? Mm. How do I live in it in a way that instead of becoming frustrated, annoyed, um, and discouraged, that it actually becomes a fruitful part of my prayer life? Okay, you're going to have to like expand on that one because I'm thinking, what do you do? And then we can talk about like what I've done in my little feebleness. <laughs> I don't think very well, but I'd like to hear more about what you do when say adoration. Let's talk about mm -hmm. that context. So we go to adoration. I love going to adoration. Uh, brothers and sisters, if you don't have a regular holy hour, I really, really encourage you to do that because the Lord, um, I always say that the volume of the Holy Spirit's really turned up when you're in front of the mm. Blessed Sacrament, uh, especially if you're struggling with anything or you just desire healing of any kind to, to go run to him in adoration. However, we can get real distracted during that time. So I'm interested to hear, Megan, how you handle that. Well, before I talk about how I handle it, I, I got to ask you a question. Of course. You're going to adoration. Mm -hmm. What 
expectations are you bringing with you into the Adoration Chapel? Oh, what a great question. So when I go to Adoration, my main expectation is to leave the world behind. Mm -hmm. I want to leave the world behind. Um, What does that mean? I want to step into that chapel and be transported somewhere a little bit between heaven and earth to just worship my Lord and be loved by him in return. Mm -hmm. So then would it be fair to say that when you experience a distraction, you are disappointed and discouraged that the world has intruded upon your time (laughs) that you wanted to leave it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I find them like what I call them like gnats, you know, these little pesky gnats, these thoughts that keep interrupting. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that has been helpful, I've heard it from two different religious, one priest, one nun, who really said it really well is like to have a notepad or post-it note. So when those distractions about things to do because somehow the things I need to do really start to swamp me when I'm in adoration. Mm -hmm. And um, they both had recommended years apart that I heard them to write them down and cast them aside, Mm -hmm. write them down as they come to you and then cast them aside. Yeah. I mean, that can be helpful. And if you do that and it works, then that probably was something that the Lord wasn't necessarily, you know, wanting you to bring in that time together But I would also consider the possibility that when you come into adoration, the inspiration to go to adoration actually came from the Lord himself. He he preceded you in that decision and he has things in store for you. And the possibility that maybe what he had in store for you wasn't for you to leave the world behind, but for you to face the world with him. Hmm. So that if he allows those distractions to enter in, what you're deeming as distractions, you've already labeled them as a distraction, when to him they might be the very thing he wants to walk with you in, to pray that you to pray with you in, and that they are part of what he has planned for you. That changes the perspective quite a bit, doesn't it? It does, but I'm thinking, okay, I can't see who's walking in the chapel now. So, oh, I'm, I'm distracted. Someone's walking in the chapel and I can hear them. I wonder if it's a man or a woman. I have all these like mm. thoughts that just keep, I'm like, no, no, just stop. That's not important. That's just what it is. Just keep focus back on the Lord. So there's that distraction. There's uh, the loud noises outdoors sometimes. There's a, mm. the, someone having a conversation um, or how about the person who pray, prays a lo- rosary very loudly in the chapel. So mm-hmm. it's a distraction. I'm like, oh, gosh, I wish she was just a little bit more quiet because I can hear her really well. <laughs> right. I'm having all of these things. I mean, I like I'm on overdrive, like ADD overdrive mm-hmm. sometimes with everything that's going on. Right. But the reality is, is that the Lord knew that you would be there. And that that person praying that loud rosary or that person who walked in in the back or whatever, that they would be there too. And for whatever his purposes are, he brought you two in there together. I think if I'm going to say, how do I deal with it? The question then becomes, Lord, let's chat about what's going on right now in my mind. I am struggling with being, feeling more, Uh, attentive to that person over there than I am to you. Why is that? 
can you speak to my heart about what's going on there? Do you want me to pray for that person? Are you trying to teach me something about myself and where my priorities are right now? Like everything can be part of the conversation. So I think a lot of times when we're feeling distracted, we distance ourselves from the conversation that we're meant to have with the Lord when we're in his presence. Prayer is relationship building conversation with the Lord. And so, you know, say you're at lunch with a friend and something like really catches your attention over here. You'd probably say to your friend, did you see that guy over there? Like, what did you think about that? Or whatever you'll bring that person who's with you into Mm. that sort of distraction, bring him into it. Lord, what do you think about that? Like, how do you think, how do, how am I meant to think about that? And so instead of having this idea of that adoration is going to look, feel, be just like this, it's going to be this heaven on earth experience of total intimacy, total connection to the Lord without anything other than him and me, that may not be what he has in store for you right Mm -hmm. then. And if we tried to uh, force what isn't his will, it's not, it's not prayer. It's just us asserting our pride in the sense of saying, this is what I think my adoration hour should look like. And so if you're not letting this happen, then what's the problem here? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know, I, I've always thought, and this is interesting to note, you, the little spiritual guide side of you needs to come out on this one, Megan. I'm just, just warning you ahead of time. (laughs) I'll put on my spiritual guide. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, but they're able to block out all this. They have, you know, look at my co-adorer. She's able to just really focus so much that there is no distraction. How do you know that? I asked her, how do you do that? (laughs) I mean, she just sits there so peacefully with her eyes closed for almost the entire hour. She's not falling asleep. I said, how do you not let the distractions bother you? She says, oh, I just bat them away. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to learn how to bat them away. Okay. That sounds really great, right? What if she spent 45 minutes of that hour batting them away? And what you saw... In her exterior had absolutely nothing to do with what was going in her interior. Sure, I guess that's possible. You know, and and then also, why are we comparing ourselves to other in prayer? I mean, what is that all about? (laughs) That's so true. I mean, I know, I I I knew immediately when I'm telling you that 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 was part of it, and that is part of the beauty of spiritual direction. I'm just going to say that right now. If you don't understand what spiritual direction is. A lot of times it has nothing to do with what the director or guide is going to say back to you. It only has to do with you hearing yourself say your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> You're so like, huh, now that I say that. Yeah, so true. <laughs> I'm like, why are you comparing? You know, I love that. You know, what is it? Comparison is the devil's playground. So true. Yeah. It just saps your joy. Right. Especially moms, moms talking to you. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't compare. You are mm-hmm. different and uniquely made. Right. But I do want to get back to that point of saying that God called you to prayer. We do not enter into prayer without first being called by the Holy Spirit. That very movement is the beginning of prayer before you ever go to the adoration chapel or ever get on your knees in your bedroom or any act of prayer, your prayer started 
by your heart attending to the Holy Spirit saying, I want to talk with you now. Right. And your response that says, yes, I will enter into the prayer. So the idea that we only are really praying if it looks a certain way, that's something that's, I think, really important for us to put aside because the reality is we are praying whenever we're in communication with the Lord. And the inspiration is the first part of the prayer. You've received it. You've responded to it. That is the conversation, receiving, responding, back and forth. And so to focus on not the idea that prayer needs to look a certain way, but it needs to continue the process of receiving and responding. Right. I really see that there's a discipline in there there as well that I desire to grow in the discipline of being able to focus better mm-hmm. on just what the Lord has in store for me and not to be distracted. I mean, some days are better than others. And I have to say one of the things that's really helped me a lot. And I know this is, it's a, I call it kind of a layered prayer. Mm-hmm. I have a, say I have a, um, a rope prayer going on all the time. So I have a little bit of um, the focus on that rope prayer, but then there's a layer of the actual talking mm-hmm. and, sure. and, and, and yeah. speaking and being with God. But that rope prayer that's kind of underneath there is what keeps the outside world away. Um, yeah. I just, I maybe need to practice that more. I think that's a, a lot of the experience that people have when they pray like the rosary, you know, that you get to the point where you're, you're saying you're quote unquote saying the hail Mary's, but really if you're meditating on the mystery or, or bringing to prayer certain things, those, those hail Mary's become what I would call the accompaniment to prayer. That's right. They're not the melody. They're Ah, the accompaniment. I like that. You know, but, Mm -hmm. but without the accompaniment, it can often sound not as rich and not as, you know, layered and textured and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think that the, the accompaniment generally has what in the music, it has the rhythm section. Mm. It has the beat that drives it forward. Right. And so it can serve as that thing that flows it forward while you have the melody on top of whatever it is you're, you're contemplating or meditating on. And so, you know, that might be a way of, um, that's more beautiful than what I was thinking of of it being kind (laughs) of like a, it's a white noise that Uh just blocks out everything else. It's for me, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a white noise. It starts to, and blocks out a lot, but then after my rosary's done and I'm there, I just right. like, oh, are those are those fake flowers or those real flowers? Oh my goodness, is that a is that a spider web on the Virgin Mary? I mean, I, mean, mm-hmm. I just do everything. I'm like, yeah. And okay. so, so closing my eyes mm-hmm. hugely helpful. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, if I just keep my eyes closed, I do way better. <laughs> have you ever thought about bringing a uh, blindfold into <laughs> adoration right? so you have to keep your eyes closed? Right? No, but like, say for example, I, just like when you said, are the are those real flowers or are those fake flowers? Okay. Say that distraction comes into your mind. You could do something with that. Okay. You could look at it and say, either way, there's beauty in them. But the reality is if if they were real flowers, they'd be more beautiful. And why would they be more beautiful? Because then, Lord, they're your creation. 
And then all of a sudden you start can start pondering God's creation and the beauty of God's creation and the way that he has established this earth to have such, you know, glorious things within it that that enrich our lives and and draw us closer to him and help us to know him better because of his expression of his artistic love for us. You see how that right. distraction if we turn it towards him perspective. Yes. Yeah, yes. Then can become a praise and can become a whole contemplation on some deep theological reality yeah. that you never would have gotten to if you hadn't been distracted by some junky fake flowers, <laughs> you know? So true. And I think that's in a way, sometimes there are people who struggle with aesthetics. Like I'm not one of these people who is constantly looking at stuff and being and be like, Oh, look at that. That's, you know, crooked or look at that that that's not very pleasing i i just i don't have that sort of desire for everything to be aesthetically pleasing that i get distracted by it. but say you're somebody like that so you're constantly getting pulled off by oh look at that person's hair or look at that you know ugly shirt or look what does that t-shirt say i'm deck. trying to read oh, it I'm squinting yeah. to see you read it during the mass oh what does right. t-shirt oh, say oh my gosh i can't stand these felt banners they're so cheesy <laughs> which they totally are by the way i hate them but <laughs> but they don't distract me some people they do distract but if you take if you have something like that say you have a, a challenge where you're often drawn away from your prayer by thoughts about aesthetics that are unattractive to you Take that and then turn it towards, but Lord, when I am in the presence of beauty that you have created, the standard for all beauty, I am so drawn to you. I am so deeper in love with you because of your graciousness and the love you pour forth through your creation. Like you can transform what starts as a negative into a positive when you turn the focus off of how you perceive it mm -hmm. towards the goodness of God that exists that maybe it's in contrast to. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say, which is really cool, I'm going to sum it up like this. You are encouraging all of us, not just me, but our listeners that turn your distraction into prayer. Yeah. You, you look at the perspective from a heavenly perspective, so to speak. God's allowed this. How does he want you to view it? Just shift your perspective on this instead of seeing it as a negative. How can we make it a positive? Right. Wow. Okay. Uh, I well, like that. One of the things I think is really important to address because you brought it up. You know, we talked a little bit about just being distracted by visual things, but the thoughts of the busyness, like the list, the, mm -hmm, the, the to-do sure. list and everything, I think that's a really common one. And one of the ways I think would be really fruitful for people to respond to that is perhaps that's an invitation from the Lord to examine your life in the way that you're using your time. Like if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do, I'm so overwhelmed or whatever, Instead of like saying, getting frustrated that that's impeding upon your prayer time, these thoughts about to-do list, here's a visual. Gather them all up. All these things, you know, grab them from the air of your mind and, uh, you know, gather them all up into your hands and say, Lord, I feel so tired 
the, he- the weight of all these things is so heavy to me. So what I need to do right now is, Lord, I've gathered them all up. And now I'm going to offer them to you. And what I'm asking of you, Lord, is those things that you truly want me to attend to, give them back to me. And those things that you really, that really are actually distractions towards your will in my life, take them from me. They're yours. I don't want anything that's going to distract me from your will for my life. Give them to him and allow him to give back what is truly what he desires for you to attend to and trust that he'll keep the things that aren't. And what that's going to look like probably is that your sense of urgency about them, your sense of stress or whatever that they need to be prioritized. He'll start stripping that away from Mm. you. But we, we get so caught up in determining for ourselves what we need to do, how we need to live in the world, what, what our responsibility would be. And sometimes I think he brings these things to us because he's like saying, can you just let me be part of this? Mm-hmm. Can you stop always feeling like you need to control all the stuff that's floating in your life? I want to be part of your life. Not just in a moment of prayer where you're saying, I need to step out of my life. No, I want, he wants to be in it, every part of it. And unless we allow that, we're putting him in a box. Yeah. I, I think in the past, one of the things that's been helpful to me, though, is, is really writing them all down and then praying over the priority according to God's order. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I, you know, so I may have a list and then the numbers are all out of order because <laughs> I've gone back and really asked the Lord to order the priority to him and how, you know, looking at vocation as wife and mother, that that's how I would order it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then that and is a way of a lot taking of peace. them too. I mean, yeah. it literally almost evaporates. Those concerns will evaporate once mm-hmm. I've done that. Yeah. And that may be a way to start in prayer. It's like, you know, I want to just clear my head of these concerns. I'm going to just brainstorm what's on my mind that's troubling me because I don't feel like I have a handle on it, I guess. And then prioritizing them according to God's plan Yeah, for my life. Yeah. And I think that's doing exactly, you know, what I was saying, just really having him enter into those, mm-hmm. those things that, that weigh on our minds, that weigh on our hearts and, and, saying, come in, Lord, come into this, you know, and, you know, say, for example, if we have relationships that are popping into our head, like people who were maybe we're struggling with in relationship or things like that, you know, that's a good time to ask the Lord into that. Like, Lord, you know, I'm struggling in this relationship. Could you reveal to me maybe if there's some hurt or unforgiveness or anger or something that, you know, is impacting that, like, show me how I can be more you in this relationship, in this part of my life, um, in this moment where we're yeah. together. I'm glad you're saying that because it, it brings to mind something recently the Lord's reminding me of is someone I love. So my mother is um, having, going through a very difficult time now because her, her husband's very ill and he's been in and out of the hospital and nursing home and things. And she's quite becoming ill herself because of it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my cortisol levels went off the chart because of it, um, because I love my mother, right? right? 
And um, just talk, the Lord just kind of, because whenever I have those stressors, Megan, we've talked about this before, when you have that point of your peace is stolen, to take that to the Lord. Mm. And in this moment, I went to the Lord with it and he was really telling me, yes, I, I appreciate your empathy and your love and concern for your mom, but this is not something for you to be concerned with mm. or to spend your time and energy thinking about. Right. You can pray for them and then let it go. And I'm sure that was really, oh my gosh, really freeing I, for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So right. the cortisol levels start to go down <laughs> and someone asked me the other day, so what do you do when your cortisol levels really go up because you're stressed about something? I said, well, usually I go for a walk outside and pray mm-hmm. and let the Lord just kind of like realign me to get back to my peace, you know? Right. But in that case, yeah, he just really said, this is not your concern. Mm-hmm. You may, you can pray and love, and that's all you can do in this situation. So that's one way of handling my stress and distraction, because I right. was very distracted over her pain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those distractions to bring a person to prayer when they come to mind is, is a beautiful way of responding to that. And, and also, you know, to ask God, like, is there something you want from me as it regards to this person? Is there a way that I can live out your love more clearly, more beautifully in this relationship, I think is a a wonderful way to respond to somebody coming to mind in, um, in prayer, because ultimately the Lord desires unity with us. And he also desires us to have unity with others. And so it may be in those times where we're drawing nearer to him, he's going to show us the ways that we can draw even closer to him through our unity with other people. Um, Or he wants to draw that person into deeper relationship with him through you. And that's part of our witness as Christians uh, to, to live out our prayer in our lives. Right. And to, to think that we're not going to, we're not just stepping out of the world for this time of prayer so that, so that it's just, this is my prayer time and this is my lifetime over here in the world. No, that prayer time is not only supposed to, you know, fill your cup for, you know, that moment, but also to go forth and and be able to pour that out um, into the world. So as much as we would love to, you know, have that heaven on earth moment of prayer uh, in life, it's, it's even then, even if he grants us that, that because there are times, right? I'm sure you have had some times in prayer where you're just like, you know, you feel like you're Paul taken to the, you know, third dimension there or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and you really just do feel like you step out of everything and, and I'm really close to him. But that's never meant to just stay there. It's supposed to come with you and, and be part of your ministry in the world right. uh, and your witness as a Christian. Um. But one thing I did, uh, you know, as we kind of get towards the end of this, I also wanted to put out there as a thought on this is, like I said, there's often these expectations that we put on ourselves about what prayer looks like, what we even have an idea of like someone excels in prayer, like that somehow there's this way of praying that's a standard that somehow is, you know, an ideal, an ideal Mm -hmm. and, and, and whatever, but um, yeah, like the monks or the nuns. Yeah, the, you know, we, the we cloistered tend to think nuns, that they, like, yeah, oh. who knows? They might have the worst <laughs> prayer lives of all. We never know. But 
the maybe that's why he called them to contemplative life because they needed more practice than everybody else. Oh, hey, wow. that's yeah. a reality, right? Yeah, sure. But this the, there's a verse in Romans, I think it's chapter eight, that I just love. And this is what Paul says. He says, I do not know how to pray as I ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with inexplicable groanings. Hmm. Paul. Yes. Saint Paul, also known as the apostle, says, I do not know how to pray as I ought. When we go into prayer with this goal assumption that somehow we know how to, we know what prayer should look like, how it should be, and that somehow we can accomplish that. We've already kind of failed in prayer, honestly, Mm -hmm. because we've set up a standard that we cannot live by. We are incapable of it, but the Holy Spirit is ready to intercede to help us to pray as we ought. But if we think that we're going to accomplish it, we've already failed. Right. One of my favorite phrases that um, consoles me and lifts me all at the same time is, Lord, not without your grace. When I feel so insufficient in the Adoration mm-hmm. Chapel and not praying as I feel I should, right. I, I often go back to not without your grace, O oh Lord. You know, this mm-hmm. is according to your purpose and your plan. Um, to really set that tone. Sometimes I'm in adoration for a while before it comes to me, though. I'm like, oh, I, I can't do this. It's not me. You know, it's right. him. And I need to rely on the grace. And he reminds me of that in adoration many times. Yeah. And I think sometimes we really just need to rest in the knowledge of the truth that he's just really happy that we're there. Right. Mm-hmm. He's so happy that we're there because reality is this. Just think. Of all the people in this world that have no mind for the Lord, who never turn their thoughts to him, never turn their hearts to him, and how much he longs for each one of them to have even a moment of desiring to be in his presence. And you have gone into his presence with the desire to commune with him, and he is so very pleased by that. And we forget that sometimes we forget. We just think that we've got to do, 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 or make it look a certain way when he's just like, can you just rest in the knowledge that I am so pleased you're here? And can we just love each other in that and let that be enough for right now? You know? Right. I think there's somewhere in scripture that says it is good that we are here. Yes. Yes. That's a great one. That should be in all the chapels. It's from the Transfiguration. Uh, Oh, and today, well, actually, the time of recording it is the Feast of the Transfiguration. So then I think maybe that's what we need to end on. Okay. It has been good for us to be here. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to to speak your love and truth and uh, to inspire our hearts and hopefully those who listen to the words that uh, you've given to Megan and I today. Amen. So we hope you've been blessed by this podcast and uh, we'll share it uh, for with any of those folks in your life that you think would also be blessed in it. And if anybody says to you, oh, man, I'm so frustrated that I get so distracted in prayer. I've got the podcast for you. (laughs) So we thank you for joining us and we hope you will join us again next time as we continue to walk shoulder to shoulder. Until then, God bless. God bless.